This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. making it worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. You know, it was kind of a slow news week this week, don't you guys? It was, it was very dry. <laughs> nothing happened dry. at the hall. Like, absolutely mm. nothing. No. Uh, earlier this week, maybe if you haven't heard, well, then you yeah, should you probably heard, yeah. should do heard. something with your life. I don't know. Some people were surprised. Some people I better surprised like on a Thursday being like, really, that happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You there was a document leaked from the Supreme Court written by um, Alito, who basically it's overturning Roe v. Wade, which is what gives access to abortion in the United States. Basically, the 1973 Supreme Court case that gave access to abortion in the United States and Now, the question is, because many of the things that Alito wrote in this leaked document could set up a precedent for impacting the LGBTQ community in lots of ways. Of course, LGBTQ community, they are impacted by the abortion because people can get abortions. But also, what does this mean for marriage? What does this mean for you know, same thing. I mean, it, and uh, Biden's uh, other social Biden. contentious issues that have been resolved by the Supreme Court. Literally, yeah. in the case that the Supreme Court decision that was leaked um, uh, for the Biden administration talks about same-sex intimacy and how yeah. overturning is something like this will impact same-sex intimacy, and that's Lawrence a big v. issue. Texas. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's lots of things that could be impacted. I'll give my take because personally, I don't think this will impact sort of a slightly same-sex marriage in a direct way. Well, let me first say, I don't care about your take, but go ahead. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Just because, so fundamentally, the decision, if you read it, and there's a great New York Times article that sort of lays it all out, um, but that fundamentally, Alito's decision comes down to that the, the fetus is a life. And in these other instances of same-sex marriage, et cetera, et cetera, it doesn't come down to a life being quote unquote lost. And that's the decision. That said, he uses many of the fundamentals and and um, uh, Sotomayor says this in, in sort of the back and forth with this case that they were that they were hearing that the fundamentals of these other decisions also were rooted in the Roe v. Wade decision. So yeah. 
it's it's a it's a gray issue that if these five Supreme Court justices who are conservative, three of them appointed by 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 Trump, if they want to really cause havoc, they could easily go back and hear some of these cases that they surely will be brought to the Supreme Court very soon. Yeah, you know, I I I definitely think everyone I I, I you know. I, I want to throw out that like the, the news was was horrific this week, but the decision has not been released yet, and the decision is not official until it is released. And it could change. It could. And change. It, it absolutely could could change. Unlikely to change, but it is. It could. Feels unlikely. Yes. Um. Uh. So you know, I I do want to preface by saying that, but like I do think that you know, uh, I, I like a I, I just I don't personally go down the road of the court suddenly kind of wantonly just taking up any number of cases in particular cases like Lawrence v Texas that that uh um legalized sodomy nationwide like i i just don't think there's a pallet even amongst several of the conservatives to be taking those kind of cases so i don't think this is the kind of thing that lgbtqiu people should be profoundly concerned about. But at the same time, I, I don't want to be flippant or dismissive of what would ultimately be the most consequential Supreme Court decision in 50 years. And, and it is disturbing. It's disturbing that like, you know, that you have justices that are willing to, to make the, those kind of like extraordinarily impactful decisions, mm-hmm. um, you know, based off of sort of, I, I think, sort of like abstract intellectual debates over what the role of the court is when you're like, yeah, but you know, we have a we have this law, we have this decision, Roe v. Wade, that is sort of maintained stasis in the country for the last 50 years. And yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, obviously, but so much of Alito's decision, podcast, so much of Alito's decision, or at least brief, is makes zero sense in terms of he's saying that, you know, like literally he says nothing in this opinion should be understood to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. Yet examples that he cites are examples that didn't exist in when the constitution started. So that yeah. so many of the examples that the reason why <clears throat> marriage, sodomy, et cetera, so many Roe v. Wade were decided upon are because of decisions within the constitution that came later and amendment yeah. to the constitution. And so he's an idiot. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I think Alito and Thomas are obviously, I think just so wildly out of touch with even like mainstream conservative America. I think they're, yeah. they're really that, that unhinged. And they have a bone to pick for the Lawrence v. Texas one. They hate, they yeah. hate that decision. And they've been very outspoken about why they yeah. think it's a poor decision. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, Elliot, go ahead. No, I was going to say like, as this has progressed and become obviously more of a hot button topic, hot button topic, um, there have been a lot of like, well, if if first this, then what about gay marriage? And and while that is true, and of course scary for a lot of people, and and especially like the queer community, I'm also like, <laughs> this is this feels scarier to me. Abortion rights feels scarier to me, and I I feel like it's a moment to really focus on that and not necessarily yeah. pivot to, and, and I'm not saying I'm just saying like 
that's what I feel like I've been seeing in the, the media, you know? What it's, about, it's, if, if this, then what about that? And I'm like, well, let's focus on the really scary thing that's pressing right now, which is women's autonomy yeah. about, with their own bodies. Like, I, I agree. I went to a protest. Not. I went to a protest on, I think it was Tuesday night, mm-hmm. uh, right right here d- downtown. And and I didn't know I didn't know how protests work, but it's, they're just like open mics. Anyone can talk. And like someone kept, kept going on to like the organizer kept being like, all right, well, a lot of people want to talk. So, uh, Tony, you're next. And like Tony would go up and he's like, I'm a janitor. And I, you know, you're like, what is this guy doing? Um, but it was so funny how, like, to me, I was like, I'm here for one reason and one reason only is because this is, this is too far. I I think, Mm. I think this is wrong. Um, and, and they kept, people kept being like this is about labor unions and you're like no it's not it's not i agree i love unions but like let's focus on abortion and women's rights i think they are i think they i think just to give a different take on that i do think this decision is so emblematic of so many other decisions that have impacted marginalized communities in the united states since 1973 Mm -hmm. it has been the cornerstone of civil rights fights in the United States since 1973. And so every single marginalized community and sort of force out there is impacted and cares about this decision. And they looked at this decision and how they, and how Republican judges appointed by Republican presidents overturned abortion in the United States or the restriction of abortion in the United States. And they pointed that decision as precedent to saying, why they should do it in other cases, and, and which has happened in other cases like same-sex marriage. So I do think that other groups like, for example, labor. Abortion impacts labor in a way now that we're seeing in that if certain states ban abortion, like will happen if this decision goes through, well, then, in, then corporations will need to step in and labor unions will need to step in and yeah. pay for the health care that women need to receive or that people who are able to, people who get pregnant are able to receive to then travel out of state, which is a very cost prohibitive procedure to do, to fly them to a state that will then give them the abortion and the recovery time that they need for that abortion. And so Mm -hmm. it does impact the labor union. It does impact marginalized communities and lots of different people. And it will be a huge, huge, huge disruptor, not just to quote unquote women. It's Mm-hmm. It'll be a huge disruptor in so many people's lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I don't disagree with that. And, and that's a, an eloquent point, you know, oddly for the first time in your life, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Not even joking. Okay, we are here with Allison Leiby. Allison, comedian, actress. I would, I'm going to go ahead and say monologist. Nice. Oh, oh whoa. No, that's like another word that I would slur. walk away from someone in a conversation, actually. Yeah. Monologist? Monologist, because it sounds, it sounds like, like someone's trying to be smart. You know well, what I mean? I mean, I, I, I'm, are. I'm using it to describe Allison because she has that's a woman show. About, and where and, you do an amazing, amazing monologue, story-driven, stand-up. Yeah. That's amazing. I just think the word is weird. The word, yes, I <laughs> fully, fully agree. <laughs> well, your show is called "Oh God, a Show." Oh God, a show about abortion, mm-hmm. um, and it's playing at the Cherry Lane Theater in New York. And I was lucky enough to get to see it in previews last week. It was such a and treat this to was see bef- you. Oh, it was, a, it was a dream. And I, I, I mean, I guess. Well, I, I, I put it, I put it to you to, to, to answer. But what could possibly be better timing, better timed? Yeah. Than- this, Truly, the, the, the abortion. You should fire your publicist because you don't even need it. Need yeah, right. I, I honestly, 
She was like, we were talking the other day and she was like, you know, I've been reaching out on like about this for a long time and trying to set up a lot of press and it's been like, okay. And she was like, this week, like, is the most intense week I've ever had. <laughs> like, yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah, let's, why don't you talk about it? Yeah, the she's like, and- silver lining to abortion, abortion being overturned. Uh, it's really going to help your career. Yeah, <laughs> like really. the show is popping at yeah. the cost of, you know, human civil liberties. <laughs> right, um, right. So that's kind of devastating. I know it's like every day is like a different, weird, like emotional journey to go on because like yep. sure. I am, of course, absolutely happy that the show is doing well because I have been working on it for years and I love it. And mm. it's really important to me. And it's a, like, it's great. But like, would I trade it all so that this wasn't happening? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, so what was like, well, what's the basis of the show? Like tell people about the show. So the show is uh, pretty much as advertised. It's a show about abortion. Um, I tell kind of the story of you my don't own. Disappoint. I do not. <laughs> nope. There is actually abortion in it. Um, I tell just kind of the, the story of my abortion experience um, and frame it up um, around kind of how we talk about motherhood in our yeah. society and how like so so fitting to be recording this on Mother's Day. Um, yeah, <laughs> but right. Like and how, you know, female identity is often so tied up in motherhood in a way that just is not for men um, and, and their parenting yeah identities so it's definitely like it's it's i'm excited to do it tomorrow on the heels of mother's day and see how people are feeling but um yeah it's uh it's 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 like weirdly light and fun would you yeah, agree, i think Ellie? that i was gonna say the show like that's what's special about the show is that you know you're talking about women's health you're talking about you know uh what can potentially be an earth-shattering experience but you talk about it from your perspective which is that it was a medical procedure and mm-hmm. And, and as it should be, it is literally anybody, you know, your experience is your experience. Yours is, of yes. course, the basis of the show. But it is really, in my opinion, just really well done in that you set it up to the standards of how you wanted to deal with it. And in doing yes. so, it doesn't really give the audience a chance to protest, which is good. Um, yeah. And But I will quote the New York Times as saying, Oh, um, quit bragging. <laughs> her, I say, Allison's offhandedness is part of her charm, but it has a purpose. Mm. Libby wants to give us a portrait of abortion, not as a crisis or a moral question, but as a common and confusing medical procedure. Her offhandedness is part of the charm, but it has a purpose. Um, and that's exactly what, it, that's what makes, I think, the show really special. Um, and yeah, I think helps, you. yeah, especially in the light of, you know, right, Roe v. Wade being, um, you know, overturned potentially. It's, it's, yeah, yeah your, your, your approach is really special. Yeah. And I just, you know, in putting it together, I was just, you know, I did, whatever, I'm a stand up who talks about her life. So, like, I'm just going to talk mm-hmm. about what happens to me. Yeah. This happened to me. Um, but I feel like the representations of abortion in pop culture are so intense and usually, yeah. and also, yeah. like, even the arguments that we use in like fighting for protecting those rights mm-hmm. is always focused on the tragedies, the horrors, mm-hmm. the worst versions. And I'm like, I think it's also important to show that it's just like I don't like I mean it's not in the show but like I had two root canals that month too and those were like so much more traumatizing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Physically and emotionally. <laughs> it's so true though. I mean, I just I I did this like show for for Newsweek and we we talked about the history of oh, abortion on television right. and and we had a TV historian on to talk about sort of the a very special episode of it all of abortion yeah. that you know, even comedies that tackle abortion, it becomes a serious episode. Whereas like, I was telling this to Elliot last night, like, whereas when men have like a health problem, like on the Cosby show, for example, which mm. take Bill Cosby away from it, but when Bill Cosby <laughs> right. 
Bill Cosby. Oh, and, and, you. And who, what, what was his wife's name on the show? Felicia Rashad's character's name? Uh, Felicia Rashad. Yeah. Claire. Claire. When Claire would always be like, you shouldn't eat the hoagies. And it was like, no, heart health is a very important topic that you should take very seriously in men yes. of that age. But yet it becomes a, a hoagie joke. But when Maude gets an abortion, <laughs> it's like a very special episode. And it's yes. Maude getting abortion, which is absurd in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. She's like 70. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Insane. But I mean, I agree. You know, it's 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 wild. So it's it's amazing. Yeah. That, like, have you seen the conversations like what kind of conversations have you been having with people after your shows they must be interesting and and on um, top of that i mean i also just what what reactions do you because we were talking about this but what what reactions do you get and are they similar night after night are they different and on top of that no, <laughs> sorry let's just keep going till the end of the episode just keep and how old are you and where like, are you from and the credit card right. <laughs> As someone who's had her identity stolen twice, I like can't. Uh, <laughs> right. Again, way more invasive than my abortion experience. Mm. Um, I, I've had like, I think that everyone who sees the show, who I interact with after the show, who has had an abortion, has told me about it. Mm. Um, which is like, and and the thrust of the show, and the only real kind of like statement I make is is like, just talk about abortion more because mm-hmm. we only talk about it in moments of crisis. Yeah. And uh, everybody comes up and they're just like. I had one too. Thank you for saying all of this. And like, and like, mm-hmm. in, in, you know, some people have like incredibly like heartfelt moments about it. And some are just like, oh my God. Yeah. That whole thing is really annoying when they do those questions. Like, you know, and then some yeah. people are like, yes, finally, like my experience feels reflected for the first time in a way that it never is in yeah. pop culture. Um, I would say the first week, everybody was like, oh, this is great. What a cool show. We really love it. And then um, Tuesday, <laughs> It was like, I cried like twice during the show. It was just like oh, super, wow. like, or like got up to the edge of crying and then was like, you're yeah. a professional. Um, <laughs> so yeah. we have my shit together a little bit. It'd be a net um, bending, you slap yourself like American Beauty style. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what a good picture that is. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh it's definitely been like more yeah. intense in the last few days. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to ask, so abortion is a really interesting um, social issue because sort of anecdotally, um, I haven't seen the stats on how it breaks down. I, I do think you'd be surprised. And, and perhaps you can tell me if you've found this reflected in the audience that comes to your show, even in New York City. You'd be surprised. I think that there are lots of people in rural conservative settings who still who believe who believe in abortion. And I think you'd be surprised that there's a number of urbanites uh, in, you know, big Democrat strongholds that are pro-life. And totally. And I remember when I was in college, I took a contemporary moral issues class and I was absolutely wow. shocked. Okay. <laughs> Oh, name of that class alone makes my eye roll. (laughs) I am done with the podcast. (laughs) No. When Uh, people complain about colleges, I'm always like, no, it's, and then I think of every class I took and I'm like, no, they're right. No, this was a, this was a good one. But I remember the abortion issue was shockingly contentious and that there was huge, not huge swaths, but there were, there was a significant minority of the class at at the University of Michigan that was pro-life or, yeah. or, you know, wanted to curtail abortion rights to a certain degree. So anyway, go ahead, Alison. What's the, What's the question? question? Yeah, sorry. Was it, <laughs> the question was like, ha- have you experienced, like, have you, have you come across pro-life 
uh, like people have have, have they kind of antagonism or or acceptance of you, but but people who disagree. Yeah. No one who has come to the show, with the exception of I don't know if you saw it, but um, a uh, conservative uh, playwright, I think he calls himself, oh. um, tried to mount a the show. Dean Kane because he wrote a play about Trump. Oh my god, oh, I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, Dean Kane. I knew he was like a Trumpy. Yeah, yeah Dean Kane and the woman from the Buffy movie, not the TV show oh, movie. Christy Swanson. They wrote oh. a play about Trump, right? Something, and yeah, so it might have been playwrights. The, okay. I mean, playwrights. Yes. I have. I am learning the world of theater a bit, and now that I'm kind of almost in it, and I'm just yeah. like, wow, what an interesting place this is. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, hi, Billy. Some Crystal. guy tried to mount a play um, to run during mine after he had seen mm. that it was happening. Um, that's <laughs> called Oh Gosnell, The Truth About Abortion. And it's just truly oh. them reading the court transcripts from that one like really horrific yes. oh. the guy who perfor performed abortions and it was like very, very terrible. Right, right. And, Killer, um, right. They shut it and like, I guess he hadn't like shared the script with like a lot of the production and the, and the, and the theater itself. And then they saw, and they were like, oh yeah, no, 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 mm. no, no. It was like <laughs> so horrific because it's like, it's the official court transcript of gruesome murders yeah um and, and and they were like this is like not safe to be putting up we're not going to do this and cancel it and it's just like it's so funny that like his show which like thinks it's be like yes is the one that gets canceled because right he's, for being, he's like, pious too, yes yeah. um, it, so he saw your show so he came the first night he bought tickets oh, and no. came and didn't he didn't bother me he didn't say he anything to money. anybody yeah. um and i'm like thanks for the cash bro yeah right. um, wow. wow but um no one who's come and seen the show, I've received like no, like it's almost like worrisome how I've received like no negative mm -hmm. feedback. I think that people aren't gonna come see it if they lightly disagree. Like yeah. they'll be like, well, I'll just pass. Um, and I haven't had like I we we kind of keep tabs online of like if anybody's like trying to mobilize to get a big group of people who yeah. disagree with me there, um, which hasn't happened. But I don't know here and there like some stranger will comment on Instagram and be like, "You're a murderer," and I'm like. Okay. Um, yeah, right, right. It's interesting though, to to what Brent was talking about, how contentious the class was. I I'm finding that like like for me, for example, I I had a good friend who had an abortion and it was through an act of trauma that she had the abortion. And so sometimes I will admit it is I do believe it is a medical procedure that should be treated as a medical procedure, and there shouldn't be a lot of, you know, pent-up emotion put onto something that would be a typical medical procedure. But I also think of my friend who of course, you know, had an abortion as an effect of a traumatic situation. And yeah, I'm realizing that I need to put the emotion on the traumatic situation that put her into the situation where she needed the medical treatment. But but I, I will admit that part of me as a as a, you know, a cis male person who cannot get pregnant, that mm -hmm. I am conflicted about sort of taking it casually in her situation because she didn't take it casually. You know what I mean? And totally. I want to respect like her narrative of that so it's how do yeah. you handle that kind of that kind of conversation I, I try and make room in the show for like the fact that this is just the <clears throat> smoothest best version of this story and that 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 I do not I, I have no interest in like negating other people's or erasing other people's trauma like yeah. abortion is like the only medical procedure that you can have from like a crime or a, abuse or anything like that like it's definitely like it gets so tied up Probably in the like, most common yeah. yes yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like you don't like you don't have to go through chemo because like you yeah. were the victim of some of a crime necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like that yeah. isn't as tied. <laughs> um yeah, exactly. 
I, I, I would think that I, I would hope that people who do have trauma associate, like associate with their experiences, um, either would not see the show if that would cause them more trauma, um, or would, would, would see that there's, I want more narratives about abortion, not less. And I want mine to be included in that. But I also like those traumatic and dramatic depictions of it are also important because those are also extremely real. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And if well, we you know, it's interesting, you know, do more than everybody. There's space for everybody. More conversation. It's like being out. Well, you know, the more people who are yes. out, the more conversations you have, good yeah. and bad. Totally. It's like I can make fun of the "it gets better" coming out story just as much as I can make fun of like the the boring out coming out story that I had that nobody cared because I've been a faggot my whole life. So yeah, like you have, you have. It's true. <laughs> yes. And then, Ellie, go ahead. Conversations. Oh, um, I was going to say, I think what's interesting, too, is that, you know, I mean, first first and foremost, I think it's important to say that it beyond just abortion, the way you talk on the show about um, not just reproductive rights, but just birth control, the way you talk about birth control in a very factual, um, um, casual way is in and of itself important because I feel like as a man, not as a gay man, just, to, just as a man, man, I'm not taught you know i'm really not taught about the the basic parts of like women's health and women's or even uh, anatomy anatomy that's what i mean like you're not even taught that and so like i'm glad that you talked about it because it should be it really should be a casual thing that men know about because it it, it just should be and i love that that's a part of the show um and i think when in terms of hitting this podcast there's something that the three of us always have always bumped on as as friends is when gay guys talk about women with a misogynistic take where they think they're being cute in talking about how gross a vagina is or something like that. We right. also and, think they're gross. Right. And I think anal sex is repulsive, but I'm still gay. Like here we are. Go I'm just ahead, saying Ellie. it's it's yeah. no, it's just it's just great to hear you talk about it in a way that is casual and there's no need to argue it or argue about its um relevance or, or or it just it just is just talking yeah. about something that just is is really helpful yeah thank you that's like definitely how i approached like a lot of those like chunks and like there's a whole bit in the show that um just about periods which there was one night that i missed it and i hope for you that wasn't that night you heard no it, you talked period about jokes. periods um cool um and like and just like i'm like <laughs> we're not even allowed to talk about our periods like insane it's, you know what you said the the perfect analogy was when you said that it's and this is crazy that women have to call in sick to work to to their female boss and make up an excuse about why they're sick and it's like that is that is when you have pms or when you're yeah yeah when you have your period and you're like "Mm, i have a bug and it's like what why can't i just say it? it, it it reminds me of that there was a alan of course you'll know this intimately um uh, because Alan had sex with this guy who ran for Senate. No, uh, there was a guy who ran for Senate in Missouri named Todd Aiken, and oh, he very God. famously oh. made some outlandish comments uh, <laughs> about, quote, legitimate rape. Yes. Uh, no, I, that was a joke because I said yeah. intimately. Um, but the other thing that I kind of slid under the radar from his quote, and I still watch it like every few months because it's like such an absolute like disaster of an interview, yeah. was that he he basically says, you know, he's like, I've talked to doctors before, and if it really is a Brag. quote legit, <laughs> yeah, quote legitimate rape, the human body has ways to kind of shut that whole thing down. Yeah, and oh. I just oh. remember thinking how like how oddly like crazily disconnected and almost disgusted he is. 
by saying shut that whole thing down. He's disgusted. That's a medical term. He knows doctors. Right. And that's, and that's exactly it. He's disgusted by the female body. And I, I just remember finding that so such an odd, I mean, appointed um, and intentional, but odd choice of words. And I think it goes to your point, Allison, which is like, yeah, there's, there's not only discomfort, there's also sort of, uh, contempt for yeah. the the female reproductive system, I suppose, or however you want to phrase that. Yeah, some uh, a friend of mine had tweeted something the other day. Like, obviously, that's all anybody's talking about on the internet. It feels like right. is like Roe v. Wade and hellscapes. Um, and she was like, "My boyfriend thought that every woman got her period on the fifteenth of the month <laughs> until he was twenty six. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, and oh, it's I- like." Wow. And then a but and then it was just a million people in the comments also saying stupid things yeah. that men they knew didn't yeah. understand or thought about female anatomy or periods or our bodies. And it's just like, yeah, wow, the 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 gap in knowledge is so big. But it also yeah. it makes me in a weird small way, like not empathetic. Cause I mean, I even I can relate to I honestly legitimately until I was probably in my early 20s did not know where women peed from. Oh, me too. I was just going to say that. I had no I had no idea because I assumed I think I had learned somewhere and somewhere that the the clit was in the evolution process potentially could shift into being sort of like the boy, the penis and so like I assume oh, this you. is literally this is literally where like my knowledge formed from but but because I never and I feel like I'm a smart person and I never even got that. And so I think a lot of men are in that boat you know what i mean let that like totally that they had i mean brent thought they peed through their butts like it's uh, i didn't think they peed through their butts i'm backpedaling i'm with you a hundred percent yeah i i totally i actually i I, oh sorry go ahead go ahead allison no i'm just agreeing yeah um i i I had a (laughs) i had a disagreement oh this is a this is this is really absurd and, and embarrassing. I had a disagreement with a very good friend of mine many years ago where I was like, if if a woman, if a woman really needed to drink and she sat down in a tub of water, she would like uh, water would absorb oh, no. into her oh. vagina. And, oh and my friend, my friend was like, that is not true. Was your, I have to ask, was your friend a woman? My friend was a woman. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying I was teaching that at an anatomy class. I'm just saying I thought like, you know, that there's a world in which you, I mean, maybe you could you absorb something. Women were, women were, you thought women were plants. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's correct. Yeah. Also, what's the scenario where I can't have a drink of water, but I can get in a bath? <laughs> Look, Allison, it's a great question. Uh, there's a lot of hypotheticals that float around in my head and not all of them make perfect sense. Um, Am I like a hostage in this? <laughs> you are. You're a pampered you luxury hostage. Uh, it, it shows you how like you know i mean brent's gonna love that i'm gonna say this but how patriarchal like even our societies that were that we as as men are able to glide by without ever having a literal yeah. understanding of how a body yeah. works and it's just accepted and then when we admit to not knowing or we you know say something about like how it might work then it just sort of becomes like the hoagie conversation it's a comedy thing when in reality it should yeah. be like no this is actually a tragedy Yes, this this is a problem. It's a big problem. And like women are taught like from when we're young, like not to to, like to feel shame about our bodies and what they do. And like, so of course, like girls and women are not like, hey, let me like clear all this up for you. Here's what happens when blood falls out of my vagina. Yeah. Like, you know what? Like no one wants to have that conversation. 
but at the same time, it's like, well, then who is? Gonna, who is and who's going to tell? It, it is. It really is. I mean, it really is truly bananas, especially when we all come from women. We, we all are birthed from women. And it's astounding to think that somehow, I mean, it, it's no different to me from the, the, um, the salary gap. Like it is still yeah. mind boggling that we live in a society where women and men are paid differently for the same job. That is, that feels like it should be so archaic yes. and such a, a joke and in the past by now, yes. and yet it still exists. It's absolutely mind boggling. I do think though, just as because this, we are, you know, the three of us are all queer. We should acknowledge that it isn't only women who give birth, that the gender is a spectrum yes. and that us applying the male and female terms. Yes, yes, yes. Things, yes. Just so that there's an understanding, Brent's yes. making fun of me right now through his I, face. I can see. There's a, I, there's a, not, I had to I'm write a part of fun. my show to include that. Um, I think it's language as well to be like, look, like I'm saying woman when I'm saying woman here. Like I'm usually talking about this, but I'm also kind of anybody who connects to it and whatever that identity is. Anyone like, who is correct. able to have a child, or yes. who is able to have an abortion, or yeah. if the decision goes through, who will be dramatically impacted if they cannot yes. have an abortion. Yeah. The medical term is a pussy, Alan. It's called a pussy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, Allison, what what do you hope for for the show? What what could we hope for for you? I mean, I want it to run for a long time. I would love to like get yeah. to right now. It's a six week run. I hope that it gets extended or picked up again or whatever that looks like. And I hope one day that it's a on tape available on a streaming mm -hmm. service that pays me appropriately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that, I just like want what you. Know, so many people have been messaging me. They're like how could I stream this? And I'm like, I don't know. I would need a deal to close soon. Um, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, people are like, I want to stream it. Like, when is it going to be, is this going to be on TV one day? Like bring it to Detroit, take it here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People like outside New York really want to see it. Um, mm. So I'm hoping that they can. Yeah. That would yeah, be my goal. Absolutely. For sure. And well, then the at some point that I won't be the abortion lady anymore, which I think I'm yeah, going to be of for course. a while. Yeah. Of course. You will be for a while, that's but okay. that's okay. Now's the time. Yeah. yeah. The I, called... for, for what it's worth, I've always thought of you, though, Allison. Thank you. And yes, lady. that is the correct <laughs> response. <laughs> hey, way, way before the show. Yeah. Before I even had my abortion. Like, you're just right, like, right, right, the abortion right. lady. Well, when I met you, I was like, that's the abortion lady. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, the show is called Oh God, a show about abortion. It's at the Cherry Lane Theater in New York. And um, Allison, the thank you apple. so much for being here. Um, where can people follow you and find you and, and find the show online? Sure. Or um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Libby. And um, the show also has an account too that um, at Oh God Show which I really like how that all ended up. Like previously the show was called, Oh God, an hour about abortion. And mm -hmm. when I got went to Terry Lane, they were like, we need to change the title. And I was like, I really want the word abortion to stay in it. I'm not trying to trick people into seeing the show. And they're like, yeah. no, hour is just so stand up -y. Like we don't want to alienate <laughs> theater people. And I was oh, like, oh, wow. Hour um, <laughs> was, was so the word funny. that was a problem, but like truncated to- <laughs> It's really funny. Oh God show, which I think is very um, fun. Is so there's fun. an Instagram and a Twitter account for that, that ha that updates with like yeah. ticket info. And, and you might get a lot of really sort of confused Christians coming your way as well. Who, I mm -hmm. was hoping if I'm going to trick God anybody, willing. it's going to be a Christian. God willing. <laughs> And that's Libby, L-E-I-B-Y. <laughs> And another thing. All right. So an article in Elliot's favorite online journal, Dazed Digital. Uh, <laughs> Where did you find that? 
I how did you come across Dave Digital? I, I love how we shit on Elliot for finding all the articles we talk about, but it is still kind of fun to be like, what is your like blog repertoire? Yeah. Do you still <laughs> use point, RSS feeds? No, not at all. Once no, once I get didn't have to work on the internet anymore, I stopped using them completely. But I yeah. subscribe to some like uh, those newsletters. What are they called? Substacks? Sure. And one of and just by some people who like have really interesting links to stuff about all different parts of life and yeah. one of them is this. <laughs> Firefox usually curates a pretty good feed when you like open up the browser. It always chooses like eight or 10 articles that like are like maximum click worthy for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you click the article and it's actually, that's absolute drivel. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so Elliot, so this article talks about what it's like to have a partner who isn't on social media. So offline people, so what some of the benefits are offline people can snap their quote online partners back into reality by reminding them how trivial some of the interactions that we have online are. Um, We're also attracted to what being offline signifies, which is living a life without the constant pursuit of external validation. And it was, I I have my own bones to pick with the article, but it was, uh, which I'll elaborate on in in a minute, but it was definitely an interesting thing because I, I'm definitely not offline, but I'm largely anti-social media at this point. And I don't really, I don't really use it at all or engage with it whatsoever, except for when Elliot sends me things that make me mad about (laughs) someone posting something on social media. Um, So, but you guys are much more ingrained in it. So what, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, I think it's, I, I can't help but agree that it's like, there is something so attractive to like the privacy of somebody, somebody who chooses, look, I, I, I've said many times, like if I weren't in this bizarre position of <laughs> trying to get, gain attention while also right. loving privacy to a certain degree, I wouldn't be, I would probably would be very private and, and not so much online. And, but I can't help but find there to be such a sexiness about somebody who's, who doesn't feel like they need to have yeah. that, you know, even like yeah. somebody who's not a, totally somebody who's not a performer, just they yeah. don't, they, they, more analog life is, can be really attractive, but I also don't by any means judge, I'm, you know, I don't judge because I'm, oh, I'm doing the same thing. Oh, I definitely um, I think judge though, definitely judge. Yeah, I mean, the, the more, the more someone seeks out attention on their platform, you know, the more <laughs> douche chills I will certainly get. Yeah. Um, although I don't think, it, yeah, I, I don't think there's, there's, I don't think you have to, I, I can apply like, um, you know, a, a, like a system of, of right or wrong or better or worse to, yeah. to how much somebody is online. It's really about like how thirsty they are. Yeah. yeah. The thirst, yeah. the thirst part will definitely be that. a deal breaker. I, I, if someone's not on social media, like at all, like they don't have a digital footprint at all. I probably would never even wind up getting with them because I think they're. You won't even fuck them. You won't fuck someone, Alan. Right (laughs) now, you would not fuck someone. Well, no. I mean, this is kind of like, what are you hiding? Like, what's what's so like? You don't even have one about like just your dog. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I I get, I get the, I get that sunset and call it a day. You don't need to do it for attention. But like, social media is now, it's no longer just a promotional tool. It is literally a means of people just having a digital, having an online presence. And I think we as sort of like comedians, writers, artists, that we can see that, okay, what we put online is a curated front, which is how I treat my social media. It's a curated front of just humor and stuff. Your and insanity. It, it's, yeah, my insanity. It's not necessarily sort of like what 
who I am, I don't think at all. Yeah. And that's what I love yeah. about drag is that I'm just putting out a fantasy of a fully edited picture yeah. and just have fun with it, guys. But but I will say I am. I mean, Michael largely is like Brent in that he 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 of course has an internet or has Instagram, but he doesn't ever post anything. He doesn't yeah. ever, he posts nothing to his stories. He posts, he posts zero updates. He, he's come, but he uses Instagram all the goddamn time. He's yeah. always like looking yeah. at stuff I and sharing stuff, yeah. but he's not posting anything. He's not engaging in any way. And it, it, I don't know. I don't know what I think about it. I, I, it doesn't, turn me on or off one way or the other, really, in that respect. Well, uh, this is what I was going to say about the article. So I found this article actually a little depressing because it, it seems to presuppose that most people are always and constantly on social media. And I think that's, um, I think in certain industries, especially journalism, especially entertainment, uh, everyone I know spends a lot of time on social media. Yeah. Everyone I know within entertainment, everyone I know who is not in entertainment you know, uses it fleetingly at absolute best. Yes, I agree. And, and I've also noticed, you know, that like, you know, the busier you are, like when I have a slow week versus a very busy week, when I'm really busy, I don't spend any fucking time scrolling or looking at any of this trash. And that's most people because they have, they have jobs that require them to be working 40 to, to 40 plus hours a week. They have children that yeah. require attention and, and food and all these things. So like, so I, there's just some like when I read articles like this, I'm like, oh, this to me screams of like a 28 year old who uses Twitter uh, a lot and has has curated a bubble of people who use Twitter and has no idea that Twitter is used by like two percent of the population yeah. on, on a yeah. daily basis. <laughs> Twitter is um, the least yeah. used social platform out of like Instagram, Facebook. And when, when Elon Musk was the whole buying things happening, they talk about that, how like profitably it's not. It's not the social media you don't want to buy. You want to buy Instagram. Exactly. So, yeah. but I did pull a couple of stats that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not, I'm obviously not arguing that social media isn't like a, a profound force in our life, but like 60% of Instagram users log in just, just daily. Uh, most of them log in for three minutes per session. Really? Uh, more than half of Twitter users log in uh, a couple times a week or less. Uh, and like, like this article, like goes through like, oh, you know, what a novel thing when, when you meet someone who doesn't know, and they rattle off all these fucking dumbass memes. And you're like, yeah, most people know, don't know what these dumbass memes are. There was something just like oddly arrogant about how this was written. Mm -hmm. Um, that bothered me. Yeah, I, I, I think you're not, I don't think you're off on that. And I think like the real world, you know, when push comes to shove, it, it, it's not that people aren't online. It's that I don't think people take it as literally, I don't think people combine reality and digital experience as much as media and people who have to be online for a living think you mm -hmm. do. Yeah. Um, I think maybe, ki maybe kids do, you know, I have friends who are like, I have a friend who's a teacher who I saw recently, who was telling me that all his students, there is like, essentially, Oh uh, yeah, MSM. There's literally like no. There's essentially no. There's a. There's barely a line between TikTok and their reality. Yeah. At this yeah. Point. yeah. Um. And that to me makes sense and is also just absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Why? <laughs> um, because it it just it it completely blurs the line between reality and fiction and really does. I think 
Well, I think the same can be said for our generation in terms of growing up with like, I'm not growing up, but like in our adult sort of years using like Instagram or, Mm -hmm. you you know, Instagram blurs a reality that is completely false. It it really uses a reality. But that is horrifying. (laughs) But people, I feel like people out, well, maybe not people our age, but like-minded people like us are very aware that yes. that is, that is a show, that it's a front, that it's false, that it, mm-hmm. that it's bad for your brain. Whereas kids are kids and they just, although I think they are much more adept and aware and smarter than we probably were as teenagers, yeah. they still are so addicted to it. So I know we rag on social media, <clears throat> a lot of those podcasts, but I did want to throw out the story that actually just, just happened on Friday. Alan, would you like to stop texting and listen no, to my story? I'm looking, at my <laughs> I'm looking at my usage. I was trying to find my screen time to see how much I use my phone. Alan, Alan had been looking down for like five minutes. I'm like, yeah. sorry, I'm boring you, Alan. Yeah, I mean, I could actually do real time results in terms of this story <laughs> and how much we're, mm-hmm. I use my phone five hours and 45 minutes a day and Instagram for 58 minutes a day on app. Yeah, I use Instagram on my browser, so I don't know. But anyway, Wait, I had a friend. I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't have it on my phone. Do you, use, do you use your browser's phone to look at Instagram? Like the browser on your phone? Uh, no, you I know? use the browser on my on my computer and I don't look at uh, Instagram when I'm no. out with just my phone. I just, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you should do, you should try it, Alan. I won't. Uh, so I... <laughs> So I was I was with a I was with a friend of our a friend of uh, the three of ours uh, a dear friend who will remain anonymous, but this person has very famously undergone an incredible body transformation within the last five years. I mean, uh, this person is a, is a successful person, but this body transformation literally ended him on uh, led to him like being featured on ma- like magazines about men's health. That is how kind of fit and healthy this, this guy is. And yet he told me on Friday that he had to start unfollowing dozens of like bodybuilding accounts and like sort of like, you know, accounts that he had found some inspiration from when he started working out very seriously because he said it started making me feel awful about myself. This is a guy who was on the cover of Men's Health and he's telling me, I... I can't Instagram makes me gives me body image issues. And I just find that just profoundly depressing and disturbing, especially for you. Not at all. I mean, I, I I can't even look at myself because I spend even the time that I do spend on, on Instagram, looking at people who look 50 times better than me. I mean, I think it's it's a, it's a real, I mean, every time I post a drag photo, I probably get a number of responses of people just calling me fat or putting a pig emoji on it and it's just you know it is what it is it's just i mean it doesn't it doesn't really impact me necessarily but it 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 definitely it hits you get it yeah i mean and by the way that's fantastic that it doesn't impact you and i think that's that it's a testament to your character um but i think for lots of people like myself it's uh, hard it, it cuts our soul and to think that like high schoolers are on this thing and and I'm not saying they, I'm not saying they shouldn't be per se, but you're just like, it is, it's, it's uh, Think scary. about what girls are getting, what little girls, girls are getting. getting. Yeah. Like yeah. it's really scary. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm an adult, you know, I'm an adult and I, and I'm well aware that when I read those statistics about Instagram and or social media causing depression, you know, causing yeah. FOMO, but really causing actual mental illness and anguish. Increase like, in suicide. Yes, I get yeah. it. It's awful. I mean, it, it makes so much sense to me. 
I do think that they would probably do well. There was a conversation maybe before the pandemic where they were talking about getting rid of like likes and getting rid of um, view numbers Mm -hmm. and getting rid of the data that often is associated with these, these things. And they haven't, you can hide your number, like your number account on Instagram. Like that's a thing now, Mm but it still is not necessarily what it should be. Like if, if you take away the thing that the vanity behind it or the, Or that that will make you seem cool or whatever. Yes, I wonder and, if that would change things. Yeah, well, well, that's we'll that's the problem. That, well, that's the problem with with anything led by Mark Zuckerberg. Mm. Any modicum of morality that's required, if that cuts into the bottom line, which is if that cuts into your drive to log in and be competitive or keep posting, he will not do it. Yeah. So mm. he won't do anything and people for the betterment of it. society. Yes. I mean, I've had friends. I had a, I, I posted a dumb. Sex in the City reel the like last week or something about some stupid thing and a and a friend of mine a legitimate friend of mine was like whoa that reel got like seventy thousand views or something and I'm like does that matter like what why are you looking at that number just laugh at the joke bitch like why I don't get I know yeah there's I I, and again sorry last thing I'll say there's just there's we've associated for so long and, and despite being now decades into social media. We haven't disassociated power with numbers. Yeah. And even yeah. as numbers wow. continue to grow and grow and grow, we're yeah. still like, oh, this person is powerful because yeah. th- this, you know, they show their pubes and they have 40,000 followers. So then if they make a story about voting for Joe Biden, well, then maybe we'll win the election or whatever. Yeah. It's just like it's meaningless. It's meaningless. But again, that's what they need you to, to use to keep logging in because yeah. that's what we respond that the to the numbers the don't exist this whole market of influencers that we've that that there's literally been a market created around it people yeah. hit if you have a million followers people will give you money to talk about some bullshit yeah. lotion or something when in reality it's like well but that market that the, his followers probably don't need that fucking lotion like give it to the yeah. girl who has like the devoted fan base of girls who want that lotion yeah. you know yeah. it's none of it makes sense it's all bullshit. well to then I guess at the end of the day, would is it attractive to uh, Alan? Is it attractive that Michael maybe on Instagram but doesn't engage? Um, I, I mean, does it give not, you an erection? Is what we're asking, Alan? Does it does it no, turn you on? Do no, you, I think the article is a piece of bullshit for attention, and the the point of the article is is the whole reason that he's talking about in the thing. It's all about getting attention. It's all about getting people to talk about whatever thing and then click on it. It's it's all. Yeah. Wow. Well, I guess some somebody's not reading Days Digital religiously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? I just checked my phone. Yesterday, I spent three minutes on Instagram and four <laughs> hours and 46 minutes on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, my aunt Joanne would say, Allison's at the Cherry Lane Theater. That's where I saw Joy Behar. <laughs> <laughs> I saw John Rivers there. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's the, nice. place. the place. Uh, what would your Aunt Anne say about today's show? Uh, she would say, you know what medical procedure? I want people to start talking about those fat freezing things. Does it work? <laughs> I need to know if it, I need questions. People need <laughs> to talk. Question. I want to get a show about a show about cool a show about cool sculpting. An entire show about cool sculpting. <laughs> it's okay to talk about the cool sculpting. <clears throat> That's right.
Well, okay. thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Elliot. Glazer. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Elliot Glazer. <laughs> no, you're not, you jerk. I am. I How am. dare you? I'm going to abort you from this podcast. Muting. How <laughs> dare you? Oh, you. <laughs> We've descended oh, into chaos. This bitch, I love this it. This bitch hates when we descend into chaos. Every, oh, time I love do, chaos. every time we do this, next time I see him, he takes my head, he bashes it against the wall. <laughs> he He's abusive. Thank you.